Learning applied into leadership is a ripple effect that can help change the world for good. Welcome to the podcast, Small Things Make a Big Difference. My name is Spencer Holt. I get the opportunity to interview leaders all over the world and discover the small habits they do on a consistent basis that has made a big difference in their own lives and the many people that they interact with. To learn more about what I do at Global Leader Group, listen at the end of this episode. But for now, let's jump into this week's topic and may we all be more intentional in who we're becoming and the impact we can have with others. Stephen M. R. Covey states that without trust, we don't truly collaborate. We merely coordinate or at best cooperate. It is trust that transform a group of people into a team. This week, we're going to explore the concept of trust. Now, the dictionary says that trust is the reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, surety, etc. of a person or a thing. But when I talk to leaders all over the world, it's trust is something that is at the, the foundation of what makes teamwork, engagement, culture really the secret sauce to being successful. Before we hear this week's guest, Kirsten Combs, who I'm so excited about, I want you to think about three things. Trust really provides an environment where people get to fully show up as themselves. No armor, you just get me. And it's because I feel trusted by the people at work and in particular, the person who I believe is in charge. Trust builds safety. Today we scream about innovation, but we don't truly innovate or take risks unless we feel and can trust those that we work with. And finally, trust creates non-judgmental relationships. How often are we always wondering about what people think? If I make this mistake, what will they say? When we truly trust and believe we're part of a team, it takes away the guesswork and really maximizes what we do, the chances we're willing to take, and how engaged we are in our organization, in our families, and in the communities that we operate in. Kirsten Combs, Vice President of CVMD of U.S. Commercial at AstraZeneca. Welcome to Small Things Make a Big Difference. How are you? I'm great, Spencer. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you. I'm I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's just been really exciting because one, um, I just think you're great on on talk shows and radios. I know it's your your dream to to actually host a talk show. Is that right? Well, you know, it is one of my aspirations that someday, maybe, I'll I'll have my own talk show. Yes. This could I be mean, the stepping this stone. Pharmaceutical gig doesn't work out. <laughs> I love it, Kirsten. You have an incredible career history where you've done some consulting work with Accenture for many years, more around computers and implementation. You came into AstraZeneca on the supply chain management side and you worked in operations. And after about four or five years there, you switched into marketing and did a number of roles in marketing and then and then made another switch into the sales world. And we all know sometimes how difficult it can be to make these pivots from one Even inside organizations, it can seem like a whole new world. Uh, And then after you did some sales uh, opportunities, you came and you were where you're currently now, the vice president of cardiovascular metabolism, where you're over both sales and marketing. 
And what I'd love to get some insight first off is we're going to talk about trust today is when you made that switch from marketing to sales, what did that look like? Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because I, I remember when I first started in the, the sales leadership role. So one, you know, having never, ever carried the bag, had not come up through the sales organization, you can understand why people are like, oh my gosh, who is this lady? But I remember I would come home after those first weeks and I would, I would uh, drive my car into my driveway on a Friday at about six o'clock and I would, I would just crawl into bed at, by seven. I was so exhausted. And it was really interesting. It was such a good learning because it's not like the work was mentally um, challenging me in a way that I couldn't learn it. But what it was, it wasn't, it wasn't an intellectual learning exercise. What, was, what I was learning was how to actually show up as my whole self, as a leader, be able to exhibit vulnerability. Like the field force would ask me questions on like, what was my leadership philosophy? And they just want to get to know you, Kirsten. And I, coming out of headquarters, I'm like, what? Like, what, is, what do you mean they want to get to know me? And, and so it just really required me to almost kind of do this this significant shift in how I led, what I talked about. And it made me have to articulate what my leadership values were and my philosophy. Something that as someone in headquarters who had had a lot of experience and success based on what I know and what I could deliver, it was a fundamental shift in, in how I showed up. So I think it was my first real lesson on how does trust play into leadership and why is it so important um when you're when when you are leading an organization or a team and and was that you know and it's interesting as you talk about that around that authenticity and bringing your whole self to work and in in your mind why can that be hard sometimes and um and what did you know as the senior leader who sometimes i think you know we sometimes will look at senior leaders and think oh, their life is perfect or they're so smart. And the reality of it is what, what you're talking about is actually almost like demystifying that myth and showing them where maybe you're, you don't have all the answers or some of the, the scars or wounds that you might have as a person and saying, that's okay. Tell, tell me a little bit about, is, how do you get comfortable doing that? Well, so I think one of the benefits in, in my kind of varied career um, experiences is that, and, and through my headquarters experience, I learned this, but then was able to really apply it when, when I started leading large teams, both in the sales as well as on the commercial side, right? Like when you take a bunch of different jobs in different parts of our organization or in different brands or different functional areas, like you got to be okay with not knowing and not being the subject matter expert, but really relying on your learning agility. And so I was okay knowing that I may not know this, but I, I can learn. And so I just need to be able to ask the questions to learn. So when I first joined the sales organization, and I so much credit that sales leadership team, those regional directors, those district sales managers, all the PSSs who were so generous with me to help me learn, right? I would, I would do field rides and I would start, I would get in the car and I would start peppering questions because I just wanted to learn. And I had to then remember, okay, I, I'm, I'm their leader's leader's leader here. And they're probably a bit intimidated by this. And so I had to kind of reset. 
But I think also me being able to show up and say, I don't know, and I'm here to learn from you was probably the first thing that let everybody in the organization say, okay, she, she's not coming in telling us what we need to do, but she's actually going to learn from us. So that was one. I just, I just put it out there that I didn't know. And it was very easy because everybody knew I didn't know. It wasn't like I was having to hide something. But then the second thing I did is I said, okay, as they're teaching me, as I'm learning from them, what skills do I have that can provide value, right? Because as a leader, my job is to make other people's jobs easier, right? So then I looked at what skills did I have that I could apply and things that I did bring to the table was I knew how to navigate headquarters. I knew how to advocate for my people. I knew how to solve some of their operational issues that they just felt were too far out of reach. And so I think it was the combination of where do I add value as a leader? Where do I provide service to the team that I'm leading while they were teaching me? That kind of combination of here's where I need your help, but here's the help I can provide, I think was the foundation of building trust, not only on an individual basis with the leaders that I worked with on a day-to-day -day basis, but really foundationally building trust across the organization. That's really great insight. And, um, you know, it's an interesting one is, as you kind of talk about um, the, you know, you as the senior leader helping to reduce you know, almost friction for, for your, your teams. Um, I'm, I'm wondering what happens have, in, in your career, have you ever had a time where you didn't feel trusted and perhaps where you had a leader that, um, you know, didn't, you know, didn't do exactly some of the things that you just articulated. In fact, maybe took away trust or didn't show trust. What, you know, what's the consequence of that? Did you see maybe in your, in, in the team that you were on and in particular in you yourself? Yeah, I guess, I guess I will say two things. The first is that I think for the most, I, I believe people really kind of fall into like broadly two categories. You're either somebody who gives trust or you're somebody you have to earn trust with, right? And so I'm a give trust type of person. Like I meet you, I give you my trust. If you lose it, like you're never getting it back. But as long, like you get it, there are other people that you work with where they're like, hmm, I'm a little bit suspect of you, right? And I'm going, you're gonna to have to earn my trust um, before I give, I give you my full self and my trust. And I just believe in nature, everybody kind of falls into one of those two buckets in some, some way, shape or form. So, and I gotta say here at AstraZeneca, in my time here, I've never worked for anybody who I felt or worked with anybody who I felt was not trustful. But what I have learned through my career is that just because I give trust, not everybody gives trust. And that, you know, that I think was a big lesson for me because when I first worked for somebody or work with somebody who I had to earn trust with, I learned that I had to operate differently, not only to protect myself, but also to really make sure that I was kind of engaging the individual like they wanted to be engaged with. Because when you have a boss where you've got to earn trust, you understand that means you've got to, you know, prove something before they're going to give their full selves to you and really, really operate with you in a partnership type of way. And I have had, I have had leaders like that. And it really, um, you know, had taken me at one point down a kind of what 
where I had been super successful. And all of a sudden I'm working for a manager who, who really didn't really seem to appreciate my leadership style or even the value that I thought I was bringing to the business. It took me a minute to sit back and say, okay, I, I have to engage this individual differently. And when I kind of unpacked it, I realized I needed to earn their trust before they were going to fully be able to engage how I, I like to interact, if that makes sense. Totally. And, and, and I love that insight, right? Is that even though you didn't feel that trust in a minute, what, what you demonstrated was the ability to say, how did, you know, you know, how do you then a pause, unpack that as you call it, and then work towards that with that individual. And so I, some really, I think just sage advice for those that are listening to say, everyone might view trust a little bit differently, but understanding how someone, um, looks at the principle of trust will help you in determining how you build it with that other individual, I think is really, really great. Um, I think, I think honestly, Spencer, that's what it all comes down to, right? Like when you're, when you're a leader, you lose, you lose the, um, I guess the luxury of just operating like you want to operate, right? Like your, your responsibility as a leader is to be able to try to meet every individual you work with where they are. And look, I don't do it perfectly all the time. I, I'm grateful that I have enough trust with those closest to me that they give me feedback and they coach me. Um, but like nobody's perfect. But I do feel very much as a leader, my job is to try to show up like the other person needs me to show up and that sometimes creates more work than showing up just in my own natural way and how I prefer to engage. I, I love that because I think Kirsten, it, 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 all, it also highlights, I think, another almost tenet to you that starts to think about this servant leadership, right? Be, to your point, it's because it's not about how you would want to do it. It's about how, how are you helping others on your team or in your organization that helps build that trust so that, um, so that other people start to then feel engaged and implored and safe to really be and bring their best selves. And I, you know, just as we kind of, you know, I, I love these conversations we could talk about for hours. So I've got, I've got three critical questions before we close um, on this, on this, this episode alone. Are you ready for them? I'm ready. Um, two are serious. One is fun. Um, in, in the element of trust then, if you were to get, you know, if I'm a brand new leader um, or new to my role, what, what is one thing that you would uh, suggest for us to really capture this principle of trust? What is something that we could do, a tangible tip or habit that, that you've been really successful with in the past? I'd say the easiest thing in the first place to start is, is tell people you're sorry when you know you've messed up or when you could have been better. And I also think, tell people when you just don't know and you're just asking for their help. I think if you can do those two things, they tend to at least create a foundation for trust. That's like, so I love that. And that principle, actually, I'm thinking about it, that applies to so many other areas outside of work. <laughs> and, and so I think that is actually great. Uh, think about how many life. times people at work told you they were sorry. It doesn't happen an awful lot. It happens more, I think, in our personal lives because we have more trust. But I think at work, when you, when you mess up and you say sorry, 
it almost always um, enhances the relationship versus erodes it. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, okay, this is really important. If you, um, now because I know you uh, love to, you know, get out and exercise a little bit, what is your favorite uh, song that you would uh, today, what are you listening to on your, on your headset when you are on the bike or out running? Well, you know, I'm a big Chainsmoker fan, but I would have to say right now, my most favorite running song is Taylor Swift, Only the Young Run. My daughter would really, really approve of that. <laughs> I, I can't tell if it's the running part or if it's I'm trying to be young, but I say it's just such a motivational song. I feel like I run faster every time I listen to it, <laughs> whatever the motivation is. <laughs> listen, this is a judgment-free zone. I really <laughs> like that insight. Um, perfect. And then, as you know, that the name of our podcast is Small Things Make a Big Difference. And and so what I'd love to get, have you give our, our listeners here as we close out is what is one small leadership habit that you do on a regular basis that makes a big difference uh, in the lives of the people that you lead, to your family, um, in the communities that we serve as? What, what, would you, um, what would you share with us? I guess I would share a piece of advice that I got um, as I was, as I was uh, doing the sales roles because you know in those jobs you do a lot that nobody sees um, because you show up and you may fly somewhere and but you know there's a lot of of time in between the actual face-to-face -face engagement and so I think for me I really try to live by that you know I think a lot of leadership happens when nobody is looking Right, so it's either the small things you do that you fulfill commitments to the in, an individual who may or may not be in your line of command. It may be you helping out a peer, right? But if you if you do all the things that you say you're going to do, no matter who above you and what boss is looking at you, I think that that's um, that's probably the leadership philosophy I try to live by because I think leadership is really more defined by those who work with you and around you, not necessarily by those you report to. So great. Kirsten, you have been so generous in uh, your time and sharing some thoughts with us. And, and in addition to um, our, our you know, great running song, but just some really great things that we can live by. Um, and so thank you so much. And we really appreciate you coming and hanging out with us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. And I think it's super cool that you're doing this, Spencer. So thank you for all you're doing to make us better leaders. Well, we're going to have you back and, uh, and stay tuned. And, and maybe, or maybe next time I'll be a guest on your talk show. We'll see which one comes first. You know, I think that's a fantastic idea. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Small Things Make a Big Difference. Kirsten Combs has given us some really great insight on the importance of trust and how she has used that during her entire career. As you're sitting there listening to this today or maybe on a walk or driving in your car, I'm gonna ask you to stop and reflect. What are you doing that continues to build trust in the people that are in your lives? How can you use that as a catalyst to help people be more effective, more engaged, or to start to take chances? How can you use trust to build a culture of inclusion, 
to make sure that every voice is heard and that people trust you or the other people around them to truly bring their genuine self to work. Finally, just like it says in the title, trust is built in the small actions that we do every day.